you're not looking at some Sally super Christian here. And instead you're just seeing a woman who's trying to juggle a gazillion balls and do the very best that she can. On the Choose to Think podcast, I will encourage and empower you to engage and optimize your best thought life in practical, meaningful ways so that you can live day by day in joy, peace, and God's purpose despite all externals. This is Victoria, and welcome back to the Choose to Think podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome to the Choose to Think podcast. I have to tell you a story about pickleball. And for those of you who know me, you know just how much I love pickleball. I'm like this pickleball fanatic. I've already done one video kind of explaining the game and some of the lessons that I learned after a tournament last year. I think it was the Bluegrass State Games. And it, it I mean, I, I was shocked at my behavior. And since that time, I have become so much more sensitive to behaving like a true sportsman or sportswoman, controlling myself, watching my attitude, and really trying to demonstrate the love, light, and salt of Christ. Are you that way too, where you are in, you know, you're rubbing shoulders with people at work, or you're dealing with feisty family members, maybe it's your neighbor, and in the back of your mind, you always have this thought, gosh, I I really want to put on my best show my best foot forward. And of course we want to do so authentically and from the transparency of our own hearts and humanness. And, but you're very conscious of how you behave because you want to be that good role model for others and you want to shine the light of Christ. I do that a lot. And sometimes I probably do it to a fault to where I guilt trip myself on not being able to make any mistakes by my own witness because I so desire to witness for Christ, but yet I'm not perfect and I'm human, I'm fallible. And so I'm going to make mistakes. And unfortunately, the people who see the mistakes may not believe in Christ and they may then think, oh, look at that. Who wants to be a Christian anyway? And so that's just like, just burns the very recesses of my soul to even think about that because I want to I want to shine the light for Christ. That's the bottom line. And I know you do too. Well, I want to tell you a story and give you some ideas, something to think about regarding the lessons that I'm, that I continue to learn on the pickleball court. They are so applicable to my spiritual walk as well. You're going to find this story interesting because it's a repeat basic. Well, no, I'm going to, I take that back. It's not really a repeat of the last tournament, but it has some similar aspects. The last tournament, you may recall, we, I just couldn't play worth a flip. As I say, I could not get the ball over. I kept hitting the ball out. I was so in my head, so down on myself about missing shots in pickleball world. They're called unforced errors. They're errors that you do. You, they're your own flub ups. You hit the ball in the net, you hit it out, you serve it out you give a pop-up to your opponent and they slam it down. Those types of things they are unforced type errors that you, that are definitely controllable with a little bit more focus and concentration. You can limit those types of unforced errors. You make unforced errors when, when you're going for the lines, you want to take a shot and hit it just down the, 
you know, at the baseline or just down the sideline and you're just cutting those margins too short, that's an opportunity to make an unforced error. Or let's say you're dinking at the net and dinking requires a good deal of patience and you're back and forth, dink, 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 low dinks on the net, maybe even angled dinks, but you're impatience level is rising and you're just like, you're waiting on the edge of that split second when the ball comes to you and it's suddenly attackable because dinks are unattackable. They're so low and they bounce low. So your opponent can't get a high swing on them. And if they do swing hard and fast, generally the level makes them go right into the net. So dinks in general can really be unattackable, but you're going back and forth and you're on the six, seven, eight, ninth dink. And you can watch this on YouTube. It's, it's so interesting to see how the, the professionals and the more advanced players, they have a very solid dinking game. They're extremely patient. They don't just get out there and bang the ball around. We call those bangers, those banger people who, uh, one of my friends calls it bully ball, where you just get out there and you just like, you know, if you ever had a stressful day, and we, we actually laugh about that. We're like, oh, she's had a stressful day today. She Because it, pickleball is such a great way to get your anxiety out, especially if you just bang around a few balls and you just slam them as hard as you can. And you're like, oh, the stress is being relie- relieved and released as I go here. But at any rate, there's a moment when you're dinking that the ball becomes suddenly attackable. And even that is sort of a type of unforced error, even though you're not making a mistake. The mistake, I guess, would have been you you dinked too high or you gave them an opportunity for to actually attack the ball. And then the point's over, right? So the, the first tournament last year at Bluegrass State Games, I was just so defeated in my own head and so focused on my mistakes. I couldn't even see straight to get on to the next, you know, the next ball, the next play. In this tournament that I just played at Spindletop, my partner, who is a stellar player, just an amazing, amazing gal, she and I went undefeated. Well, we we were the first place seed in the pool. So what they do at a tournament is you put all the teams into a pool play and you do a round robin. So you play everybody based on how you do in the pool play means indicates whether you will advance to the actual winning bracketed play. So when you get to the brackets, then you're trying to secure the gold, the silver, or the bronze. And in this particular tournament, there were six teams playing. So we all played each other and my partner and I went four and one. So we lost one game, but that based on how everyone else performed that morning, we were the number one seed. So we definitely advanced and we had the number one spot. There were only four teams that would advance to bracket play. And based on how we seeded, then we played the number four team and we'd already beaten this team. We beat them 11 to two in the bracket play. And this is going to come into where I'm going to share some of the lessons that I learned in, in, and if you play any sport, you're going to relate to this. If you have any big project or something going on where there's some sort of competitive edge that you need, something you're really trying to work hard on. By the way, so often I found myself working on personal development, spiritual growth, and discipline. And I get frustrated sometimes. Do you? Do you get frustrated when you're just working so hard on yourself and you're like, Dad, gone it. I can't get get a break. I I want to be 
not that I want to be Sally super Christian. I always make fun of that person. Those people who just seem to have their acts together all the time, which really isn't true because nobody does, but it seems that way. And they just have, you know, their nails are manicured and their hair looks awesome and they are smiling all the time. And I I don't know who that person is. Sometimes I just want to catch a break on personal development and refining my faith. And that is just not what God desires. He desires us to be learners and doers of the word. And he loves us even when we trip up, even when we say something that we shouldn't say, even when we make unforced errors in this walk of life. But Sometimes I don't like to go through the refinement process. I don't like to be cleaned. I don't like to be sharpened. I don't like to be polished because sometimes it's painful and it's also equally frustrating. And I felt that way a lot on the pickleball court. There's a level of frustration where you want to do so well. You want to just do your very, very, very best. And yet, boom, it kind of falls short. Have you ever been there? And that could be in any scenario. Whether you are on, you're competing like on the pickleball court, on the tennis court, whatever your thing is that you like to do, however you compete. It could be a board game or a card game you're playing with your family even. I'm going to share with you those lessons and how nicely they flow right into the spiritual aspects. There's such a good parallel here. It's astounding to me. I've talked multiple times with my partner that day and I said, you know, let's figure out what is going on here. What do we do? Where do we have some missteps? And basically I'm going to give you these two things to avoid. I call them nevers, even though I don't like to use that word, but I'm going to give you two nevers and then I'm going to give you one always. And I think you're going to see how the parallels go and how quickly this, how nicely we can tie all this up together. And so the first thing that I know, and I'm really speaking for myself here, but one of the nevers that you want to do in any battle you're fighting or any game you're playing is you never want to underestimate your opponent. Never underestimate your opponent, which is exactly what I did because we had already beaten them 11 to 2. And I think we could have played them 99 times and or 100 times and beaten them 99 out of 100. I really, I really think that. But on this day, we didn't. And so we go into the bracket round, number one seed, playing the fourth seeded team. And I just thought it was going to be a shoe in. And so I would encourage you never to underestimate your opponent. Imagine your opponent to be formidable, not just a quick win for you. Also, tell yourself that this is a new game. Face your opponent as if you've never played them before. You know, we know a lot of the people at the tournament, we knew them, we were friends, and there's, sometimes there's a lot of chatter on the court because of that. And that diminishes the competitive edge that you might be able to develop. So I'm going to try something different on the next tournament, and I'm going to just say, if I know someone across the court, I'm just going to pretend like I've never seen them in my life and that this is a totally new game and I've never played them before, especially advancing to bracket play, because I would have played them before, chances are. You need to forget about the other times you played your opponent. Stay in the here and now. Keep a short memory when you goof. If you could hear my prayer life when I'm on the court, you would think it was absolutely absurd because I'm constantly like... Short memory, short memory. Lord, help me to forget that shot. Lord, I need to stay focused. Lord, have, you know, I, I really am just trying so hard to stay focused. I'm probably trying too hard. Have you ever done that too? You're just 
you're, yeah, I'm kind of an intense person in many ways. And so it may be that I'm just trying too hard at something. I need to just relax and have fun. By the way, that is one of the takeaways from the last episode, podcast episode I did on playing pickleball. It was just, hey, I forgot to totally have fun. And I would say that I had, I had fun on this last tournament, except toward the end. Keeping a short memory is when I goof is really a good idea. And you need to do that too. You need to focus on the next step, the next shot, the next play only stop rehearsing all the other junk that's already gone on on the court. Watch the ball in the here and now. Watching the ball is critical. If you take your eye off the ball, you are at risk of either not hitting it, not returning it, or missing it. Some people just totally miss the, I've done it. I, I've totally missed the ball. It bounces and you swing and it's like, Ooh, the ball just went right on by you. And maybe there was spin on it or something like that that caused it to bounce funny, but still it's important to keep your eye on the ball. I also noticed I've been watching my son Getty play hockey and I've noticed that th their whole goal is to keep their eye on that puck. And it's so funny to watch the players. They've got their their eyes to the puck constantly. They're not looking at the next players, at you know, and where they're skating. And they just are trying to keep their eye on the puck. And the same thing goes here on the pickleball court. Take a deep breath, knowing that you can reassess the game later. If you're not doing so well and you're kind of going in the wrong direction, just take a deep breath. That is actually a physiological way to ex expel all the stress, the cortisol is kind of helps you handle some of that. So take, get a lot of oxygen during the gameplay, stay focused. And I can't tell you the times that I served a ball out or into the net when I wasn't really focusing on getting the ball in the box on the other side of the net. When I let my light, my mind wander, especially to past mistakes or unforced errors, then I lose valuable attention that I need to stay current in the game. During the play, you can train your brain to stay alert and focused. And if you notice your thoughts begin to trail off, quickly bring them back to attention. Now, let's take those same lessons about never underestimating your opponent and put those into a spiritual backdrop or spiritual sense. Well, you know your enemy is the king of lies. And often his fiery darts are accusations of something that happened in your past. So, watch out, watch out for those darts. You don't want to stay focused. If he's trying to lead your mind in one direction, you want to put it into that really quickly. Be hopeful about your future, knowing that God has everything in control. If you start engaging thoughts like, eh, it's all over, I'm doomed, then that's going to be a dead end street for you. And that's really not what God says about you or your situation or him and his involvement in your life. Stay present as you live. There's no need to worry about the outcomes. We can read how, you know, this, this scripture that Jesus said, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Remember that scripture where he's saying, Hey, don't worry about those things. Tomorrow has enough worries of its own. Do not be anxious about anything. Cast all your cares to the Lord and he will, he will uphold you. He will take care of you. Now, staying focused requires discipline. Let's think about spiritual discipline for a second. It involves reading and studying your Bible, listening to praise and worship music, 
praying. And this is one of the reasons that I wrote the Choose to Think, Find Peace, Joy, Hope, Health, and Freedom, the 365 devotional for you. This daily devotional is a tool that you can use as part of your spiritual discipline routine. Spending as little as 10 to 15 minutes a day in this devotional will change your life. You'll read a verse or two from scripture, follow the I Choose affirmation for each day, learn something about the reference Bible passage, maybe it's a historical reference, something scientific. There, then there are a couple of reflection questions for you to record your answers in your own journal. And then the devotion ends with a personalized prayer. It is a one-stop shop, a hub, if you will, to help you develop the habit of of the spiritual discipline of, of starting your morning, your morning routine, or even your evening or whenever you want to do it, developing that habit and becoming more spiritually disciplined every day, developing that habit so that you will crave the reward that comes from practicing the habit. In other words, the more you do those things, the more you will want to do those things. And remember, you got to take those thoughts captive. On the court, I have to watch out for what I'm telling myself the whole time and have to make sure that I'm not engaging thoughts that take me in the wrong direction. Same thing here. The Bible even tells you to be transformed through the renewing of your mind and that you have the mind of Christ. You're also admonished to love God with all your heart, soul, and what? And mind. So you can always start there. Well, the second never, after never underestimating your opponent on the pickleball court, is never make excuses. Okay, the wind is affecting everyone. The sun is hot for everyone. The freezing temperatures are making everyone's hands cold. Players are at wildly different skill levels and abilities for everyone. There are crappy nets and not so crappy nets for everyone. The modified courts have a gazillion lines for everyone to try to decipher. Instead of making excuses... Number one, accept the conditions and the terrain. Number two, lay down your pride. Number three, ask others what went wrong or if they observed anything in your behavior or attitude that was amiss. Get a pickleball accountability partner to help you pick apart your game and your attitude. So here we know that we, we can't underestimate the opponent. We got to be there and be ready to play. And number two, we can never, we should never make excuses. Okay, how does that work spiritually? I'm going to give you a little quiz. Do you know who made these excuses? He said this to, to the Lord. He said, please, Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither recently nor in time past, nor since you've spoken to your servant, for I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. In other words, he was saying, oh, no, 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 Lord, I'm not your guy here. I am not the one you want here because of this. Who was that? Do you know? Did you say Moses? Yep, that was Moses. How about this one? This person said, oh, Lord. How shall I deliver Israel? Behold, my family is the least in Manasseh, and I'm the youngest in my father's house. In other words, he was saying, hold on here. Of all the tribes here, of all the people, look at my little family. And plus, I'm the young kid. I'm just, I'm young. Go get somebody more experienced, older, bigger family. Who was that? Did you say Gideon? Yes, that was the great warrior Gideon. Okay, how about this? Who said this? There's a lion outside. I will be killed in the streets. There's a lion in the road. A lion is in the open square. Well, this one's kind of a trick question. But the person who said this, this is a, an account from Proverbs. And Solomon's writing here, and it was about the sluggard. The guy who says, oh, 
I can't get to work now. I can't get busy now because mm, I might get killed or, mm, you know, there's just that lion out there. So anyway, what an excuse, right? Stop making excuses for your behavior. God doesn't seem to tolerate or agree with the excuses that you may bring to his attention. Back up the train, examine your thoughts. Ask, ask yourself, are, do my thoughts lead to godly or ungodly mindsets, attitudes, and ultimately behavior? And to be sure, you may be your own worst enemy. Have you found yourself thinking these types of thoughts, which are kind of like excuses in a way? Something like, I'm such a loser. I'll never improve. I can't overcome this addiction. What do I have to offer anyway? I'm a nobody. I don't have what it takes to do this. I'll never get any better on the pickleball court. I'll never be happy. My life is ruined. Well, all of these thoughts are like toxins to your brain. Dr. Caroline Leaf would even go so far as to say they cause brain damage. Just like making excuses on the pickleball court leads you nowhere, so too do these real-life excuses. And if you didn't know, I'm a certified Christian life coach. And what is a life coach? A life coach is very much now and future focused. I can help you gain clarity of thought and mind, establish and achieve goals, and basically get unstuck from any unhealthy behavior patterns. My specialty is the brain and mind. I love neuroscience and unpacking how your mind and thoughts impact your feelings, your emotions, and your behavior. I help you examine the nuts and bolts of your thinking so you can begin thinking in healthy ways that lead you to life-giving conditions and states of being. Life coaches don't delve into psychoanalysis of any type. We leave that to the specialists. We do have rigorous training and must be board certified and keep up our certification. But all of this to encourage you to visit my website, choosetothink.co. That's choose to think with the number two dot co and you, you get your free thought strategy session going where you and I together can unpack a few of your thoughts and attitudes that may be holding you back. I'll teach you the seminars for living your best thought life. I can actually do that in an hour so that you'll walk away with a process, my signature method to have forever. And it's absolutely free. In life, make sure your thoughts align with what God says about himself, about you, and about your situation. For example, if you're an addict of any type, who does God say he is for you? He's your freedom. He loves you unconditionally. You don't have to work or earn his love for you. He says you're his precious child created to do good works and to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, his life, death, and resurrection to set free all captives and those living in sin and bondage. Your father knows you by name. You are the apple of his eye. Further about your addiction, he reassures you that you have his spirit within you to both guide and comfort you in your darkest time of need. He never leaves you nor forsakes you. These trials are meant to shape you and teach you great lessons of how God is the answer in every single scenario. Do you trust him? Okay, so we have so far two nevers. Never underestimate your opponent on the court and spiritually and never make excuses on the court and spiritually. And let's go to our final always. Always come prepared to play. On the pickleball court, practically speaking, did you get a good night's rest? Did you fuel up with a hearty breakfast and water? Do you have healthy snacks to sustain you during play? Did you bring sunscreen, sunglasses, your visor, chair, and a cooler? Okay, what about spiritually? How can we come prepared to play in this game of life? Did you pray? 
asking God to teach you new things today? Did you surrender your will to his? Did you armor up fully? In other words, are you wearing your belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, shoes fitted for peace, a shield of faith, and the helmet of salvation? Did you pick those up today and put them on? Well, sometimes I wonder what battles you are facing. Week after week, I share with you what's going on in my life. My own personal struggles, often quite embarrassing. I have to fight the urge to think that you have your life together while I'm over here making a messy go of it at times. I would love to hear from you. I'm now trying to gather a few ladies together to run through the Choose to Think devotional. We can meet every other week to kind of do life together, get to know each other and hold each other accountable. We can cheer each other on and help each other to see any errors in our thinking, our mindsets and our attitudes. If you want to be a part of this community, please shoot me an email at choose to think at gmail.com. And that's with the number two, choose to think at gmail.com. I'll give you all the details then. Plus, you can find out more in the show notes. And if you can think of even one person who might be encouraged by this message, would you please share this link with them? If you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel or written a review on the show on Apple Podcasts, could you take a few minutes just to do that? Also, please get your copy of the Choose to Think devotional. You'll be so happy that you did for just 18 bucks. You can have it in your hands in two days with shipping on Amazon. Please check it out. And if you want to stay connected, opt in to our monthly newsletter over on the website at choosetothink.co. And you know, the outcome of that tournament, another thing that I did, we we made it to the bracket, as I said, and then we played the number four seed and we lost to them 16 to 14. They won. And then we had to play for the bronze. But I can tell you at this moment, I was not taking my thoughts captive. And would you believe it if I told you that I was kind of like all or nothing? My pride just rose up within me. I'm like, you know, if we can't get the gold or at least the silver, I'm, I'm just done with this. And so I was so defeated and heartless when we went into that last game and we lost. And so we came in fourth. Uh, it, it, you know, I just have to say, even though it's still somewhat upsetting and unnerving to me how I behave and what my thoughts are and how I'm approaching all of this competition. And I know, I know deep down God is doing a wonderful work in me. He's bringing to the surface through pickleball issues that I need to address in my life, in my spiritual life. Sometimes I can feel like I've got to do such a good job for God and I've got to somehow earn. I even mentioned that a moment ago. I've got to earn his love and that just being my own fallible me somehow is not enough for him. And I've got to get that A plus in this game of life. And so somehow I, I must have adopted some erroneous thinking patterns that my value and my worth come from my contribution and come from my own abilities. And I know I'm missing the train on that. I'm just struggling to figure out how to set that aside once and for all and to step in freely to God's absolute unconditional love for me. And, you know, I'm a work in process and in progress. And I appreciate that you are identifying with me. I think you can and that you're listening and that you're seeing a side of what real life 21st century Christian living, what this one woman, the struggles that she has. And I am convinced by your feedback that these messages are valuable and these messages are transparent and honest, but you find them encouraging because you're not looking at some Sally super Christian here. 
And instead, you're just seeing a woman who's trying to juggle a gazillion balls and do the very best that she can, but also a woman who thinks somehow she's being graded on the other side. And that's just not true. So you get to kind of walk through that with me as I learn to apply, to change, to develop, and to grow on the pickleball court and equally so in life. So thank you for tuning in. Let me pray us out of here. Father in heaven, help my listener to realize that you defeated our spiritual enemy once and for all, that you defeated death so that they might live. May my listener know that he or she has a responsibility in the spiritual battle to not underestimate the foe, to stop making excuses, and to always be prepared. Thank you, Lord, that Jesus is the linchpin of our faith and that the Holy Spirit is our guide to daily living and victory over any darkness we may face. Help us all to take our thoughts captive and to be transformed through the renewing of our minds. And Father, I thank you so much that you love each and every one of us unconditionally. There's nothing we can do to earn that love. You give it so freely and you proved it. And your spirit is with us 24-7, 365. Father, I thank you so much for that. Help us to step into those truths, to live them, to walk them, to take hold of them, and to let them change our lives from the inside out. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. It's a wrap, Brain Changer. And until next time, Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Ciao.